This is the Sunday Worship Podcast. Hi, my name's David Betridge, and I head up the Family Ministries Department at Territorial Headquarters. And along with my team, Liz, Deb and Rachel, we're going to spend the next hour with you. And we're really pleased to be able to do that. Tomorrow is the International Day of Families. And so that's really our focus for this time that we're going to spend with you. It's a chance to recognise the importance of family, a chance to celebrate and to thank God for our families, but also to recognise that we can all belong to the family of God, and that's something worth celebrating. I'm going to share with you some words from John's Gospel, John chapter 1. And these words, though familiar, are very significant for us as we approach the International Day of the Family. So we read these words. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognise him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only son. The International Day of Families was established by the United Nations in 1993 as a way to raise awareness of issues faced by families throughout the world and highlight the important role that families hold in communities. The United Nations also uses the International Day of Families to recognise that family structures have undergone many changes due to social, economical and demographic factors. The International Day of Families is a day to celebrate all types of families. On this special day, the United Nations organises and promotes a variety of activities, workshops, newspaper articles and media content. Schools and educational establishments are also encouraged to get involved and observe the International Day of Families. Family is God's idea. And throughout the Bible, we read of many different families who tried to love and serve him. Like most families, they sometimes got it wrong and would have arguments and fall out. But that didn't stop God from loving them just as it never stops him from loving us. God calls us all his beloved children and invites us to call him Father. 
This means that all people everywhere belong to his family. Even though we may have different colour skin, speak different languages and eat different food, we are all created in God's image and are loved by him. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 says this, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. I think it would be true to say that most people have a favourite place. It could be somewhere exotic and miles away from where they live or it could be a space in their own home that has some significance for them. It's no secret to those who know me that my favourite place is Yorkshire. I love it. It's the place where I grew up and spent my early years. It's a place of many happy memories. But it's a place that has become very special to my own family too, um, as we have spent many holidays there and had some very happy times there. When we lived in the northeast of England, we took the opportunity on many occasions to go out for a day trip and to walk in the Dales or the North York Moors or to go paddling in the chilly North Sea on the Yorkshire coast there. I suppose it'd be true to say that although it's a very special place in its own right, boasting some quite spectacular and beautiful countryside, its true significance for me is all wrapped up in family. Um, it, it was a place that, that, that I often thought of family members who are no longer with us, and it, it gave me a sense of, of, of belonging and of connection, of home and family. I have a book on my bookshelf that's called God's Favourite Place. It's by a man called Frank Viola. When I first picked it up in the bookshop, I thought it must be a book about Yorkshire. After all, Yorkshire is called God's own country. But no, the favourite place referred to throughout the book is the place called Bethany that we read of in the Gospels. And particularly the home of a small family that lived there, comprised of two sisters, Mary and Martha, and a brother called Lazarus. I have a similar setup in my own extended family, two great aunts who lived together, Laura and Susie, and their brother, my great uncle Arthur. Oh, and they had a budgie that spoke with a broad Yorkshire accent that caused much amusement. But is it true? Could we say that God has a favourite place? Jesus loved all the people he encountered. I've got a t-shirt in my drawer at home that reads, Jesus loves you, but I'm his favourite. It made me smile, so I bought it. But it's a t-shirt that everyone could wear and it would still be true because we are all his favourites. He loves us all just the same. That said, when we read the Gospels, Jesus, like all of us, had special relationships that brought him much joy. And so God's special place, his favourite place, was only that because of the people who lived there, people he viewed as his family. We also read in the Gospels how Jesus was rejected everywhere he went. His family had to flee the place where he was born, Bethlehem, for fear of their lives. In Luke, he records um, these words in Luke chapter 9 and verse 52 and 53, that the people there, the people in Samaria, did not welcome him. 
And when we uh, look toward the end of his life, we see that Jesus wept over Jerusalem, aware that that city too would reject him and resist his desire to gather them close to himself. And we read also that he was rejected by his hometown of Nazareth and probably by even members of his own family. The scripture reading that we shared together said that although he created this world, this world rejected him, that his own would not receive him. And so, yes, it is true. Jesus was rejected everywhere he went. But there was an exception, a little village called Bethany, a place where Jesus was welcomed, was made to feel at home and part of the family, a place where two sisters and a brother encountered Christ in their ordinary, everyday family life. And amid it all, amid all the drama, amid the suffering, throughout life and death, they developed a relationship with him that was truly transformational. We read the story of how Jesus went to visit Mary and Martha and Martha was cooking a meal and she was getting all worked up and anxious and it got a bit out of hand and Jesus had to take her to one side and speak to her and say, look, Martha, you're worrying about all the wrong things. You're getting unnecessarily worked up and anxious. And we read later on that Martha served again another meal and she was serving Jesus. But it was quite a different experience. And so we could see how Jesus had freed Martha from the crushing and unrealistic expectations that she placed upon herself and upon others. We read too how Mary, her sister, was honoured by Jesus because she honoured him. She poured expensive perfume upon him. And Jesus said, because of her act of love and devotion, she would always be remembered. And then there was Lazarus, who was brought back from the dead. He was given new life. He was resurrected. Yeah, their lives were changed forever because Jesus was invited to be at the centre of their home and of their family life. And I would say that if Christ is put at the centre of our lives, if he is the most important person in our family, we too will experience the freedom, the honour, the new life, the resurrection life that only Jesus Christ can offer. If God really does have a favourite place, I suggest it's anywhere where he is made to feel welcome, anywhere where he can feel at home, anywhere where he is considered to be the most important part of the family.
Let's pray together now for families. Pray for families around the world, especially those experiencing hardship, poverty, violence or abuse. Pray that God will provide for vulnerable families. Pray for the protection of those in unsafe situations. And pray that more people will demonstrate a spirit of generosity so that there will be more resources available to help families in need. Pray for leaders to have wisdom that will bring about improved systems and creative solutions for the well-being of all families. Pray for the United Nations and other organisations working to improve health, education, children's rights, work-family balance and social inclusion for families across the globe. Pray for the families in your neighbourhood. Pray for the work with families in your core or centre. Ask God to help us see how we can better support the families throughout our local community so that everyone knows that they are loved by God and are part of his worldwide family. Dear God, today we want to thank you for our family and to celebrate the joy of family life. Thank you that our family love us and care for us. Help us to remember that people all around the world are children of God and that means we are all your family. Please keep us all safe wherever we are in the world. Amen.